Welcome to Redefining Balance for Working Moms podcast, where we believe life balance is possible. Uh, Yes, even for you. You might just have to redefine what it looks like for yourself. I'm your host, fellow working mom and founder of Your Life Rocks, Jenny Stemmerman. Each week, I'll bring you practical, real-life tips to help you focus on the things that matter most in life and be the best version of yourself in every area that God has called you to. Ready to redefine what balance looks like for you and your life? Let's go. Hey there, welcome to the show. I'm so excited that you are here to hang out with me today. If this is your first time finding Redefining Balance podcast, welcome. We are the place for tips and inspiration for working Christian moms just like you. And typically we have guests on that are experts in all the different areas of life from your faith, parenting, marriage, health, career, home finances, and friends and fun. And today I am joined by my best friend and we're going to have some fun because this week I turn 40. And, you know, it's one of those big milestone birthdays, and my best friend is another coach, and she actually specializes in helping women find their confidence, move through transitionary points in their life. And so I thought, what better opportunity than to have my friend Amber Sandberg on with me to kind of talk about, you know, the different transitions and milestones that we go into life, how that transitions into the way we present ourselves into the world, and really how we can make the most of every season that God has us in. Now, before we get into my interview with Amber, I want to remind you to hit subscribe to this podcast so you don't miss a future episode that we have coming up. And also just remind you to share it onto your social media account so other working moms that are friends with you can learn about the podcast and get the tips and inspiration that you are getting as well. Now, if you've not yet heard Amber Sandberg on my show before, she's been on a number of times because like I said, she's my best friend. She's also the host of the Mom Inspired Show, another podcast you should definitely check out. In addition to hosting her podcast, she is also a travel expert, a style guru, and I gave her that title. That's not a title that she would normally claim for herself. And a coach, like I said, to moms that are going through transition and really just needing someone to come alongside and help with confidence and helping them find direction that they need to go in. Amber is also the mom to two amazing, beautiful little girls and lives in Tennessee. I hope that you enjoy this conversation between me and my friend Amber. So without further ado, let's get into it. Amber Sandberg, my good friend, I'm so excited to have you back on the show. I can't even, I was thinking this, how many times have you been on the show? A lot, but it's always such a joy to have you with us. But for anyone who doesn't know who you are, share with them a little bit about yourself. Yeah, Jenny, I love coming on your show. It's so fun. And I feel like it's been a hot minute though, since I've been here. Like, I don't even know when the last time I was here. So I don't um, know. This I'm, whole year has been a blur. Well, so. yeah. You don't even know what month it is half the time. So <laughs> no, no, it's already almost October. It feels like. <laughs> it, no, it is. It is almost October. It doesn't feel like it. <laughs> this is why we're friends. <laughs> um, so I'm Amber Sandberg, like Jenny said, and I am the podcast host of the Mom Inspired Show. And I also am a travel agent, but that has has been very interesting in 2020 uh, with COVID. And um, so that kind of just took a whole different uh, direction. But I really love helping moms and, you know, just kind of inspiring them, encouraging them and um, any way that I can kind of just help, you know, the mom community. I just feel like we can never get enough help and, and enough support, especially women, you know, supporting women and moms just really being there for each other. And this is what I think is so 
fun about being your friend and just seeing what God is doing in your life, Amber, is that, you know, you've had the Mom Inspired show for how many years? Three years, four years? Since 2016. How many years is that? I obviously don't know the calendar or math. So, <laughs> <laughs> so well, it's three years. No, it's four years. Oh my gosh. People are going to be like, can you not do math? The thing is, is I started at the end of 2016. So that's why I get a little bit thrown off. I'm like, well, you know, when you're counting years. And so I guess four years coming up actually in October. So yeah, so almost four years. Yeah. And so what I love is that you've kind of had this show about inspiring moms for all of these years and really a strong passion into travel. And I think when you became a travel agent, I was like, it's such a perfect thing for Amber to be doing because it's all about helping people live intentionally and be the best version of themselves and make memories and all of that, which is what you've always been about. And travel is such a huge part of that. But now with COVID, it's interesting to me to be able to see what God is doing with you and really bringing you into your calling of women who are transitioning from, you know, maybe being a younger mom or being a mom of littler kids and transitioning to into another chapter in their lives and really helping them build confidence because it is still that inspired living. It's still intentional. It's about making memories, making the most out of every moment that we have. But now seeing you really step into this role that I feel like you've always been for me as my friend and coaching me through transitions and and being the best version of myself. So it's awesome to be able to see God using you in that new way. Oh, that's awesome. I mean, it's funny because I was just thinking about like, you know, programs that I might go through and whatnot. And and you're like, yeah, I'm really benefiting from you going through this just by talking to you. (laughs) I'm telling you, so this is my this is my life tip to people. If you want to do personal (laughs) development but you don't think you have time for it, get a best friend that's all about that. (laughs) And from osmosis, you will you'll get the the different program. Oh gosh, that's funny. (laughs) But I love that we're having you on today because this topic was actually inspired by you. Speaking of mom inspired as we were talking both through our our content calendar and what we both were planning on our podcast. And, you know, I'm turning 40 this week. And so, you know, this was something that that you said, this would be a great topic and would be really fun to just kind of talk about that transition because I do feel like it's such a big transition turning 40. And I remember when you turned 40, it was a little bit of a transition for you as well. So, but I want to ask you because this is, I feel like although it's a huge transition for me moving into 40, mm-hmm. I'm realizing that there were other transitions that were tough for me too. And one of the ones that was really tough for me was 25. I don't know why, but 25 just at the time felt like I'm an adult now. Right. <laughs> Even though yeah. I had already had like my first baby or or was I just about to... Anyway, I was either pregnant or just had Gage, my oldest. Yeah. Um, but it just felt like, oh my gosh, like adultness slapped in the face. And this feels a little bit different. But what about you? What have been some of the the transitional years for you as you've been living life? Yeah. You know, it's funny. I This was like last year. Um, someone was talking to me about one of our trainers at Burn. I work out at Burn and the trainer was 25. And she, the other woman said to me, she, the, uh, the girl that was 25 was not around. She's like, yeah, it's really downhill from here. I'm like, <laughs> 25. <laughs> I was like, yeah, okay, well, that's interesting. But her her point was though, you know, like being really young, you know what I mean? When you think about being a teenager and stuff like that, right? And then 25, um, it's kind of like life really kicks in and, you know, um, you graduated from college. If you went in for your master's, you're most likely done with that. And it's like, you need to get into the workforce. And so I do feel like that's, you know, a big 
age. You know, John Mayer has a song where he talks about quarter life crisis. I really feel like that's true. Like mm-hmm. there is a quarter life crisis. And I did feel that at 25. I don't know if I felt like it was a crisis. I just, I think it just stood out to me for whatever reason, but it just kind of was like, where am I going, you know, with my life and stuff like that. And so I do think that you feel that at 25 and man, when I think back to 25, I'm like, that's so young. I wish I was 25. No, not really, but you know what I mean. (laughs) I do know what you mean. (laughs) I mean, you just have like so much possibility in front of you and you know, it's before your yeah, body. But, you know, was... but, but the thing is you have so much more wisdom at this point. That's true. Because that's the other thing. I'm like, man, I don't, I don't know if I would want to be 25 and the thought, you know, the thought processes and, you know, the thought work that I didn't have at the time and how far I've come and all that kind of stuff. It is challenging body wise. It would be so much easier to be in a 25 year old body. Yes. Yeah, so I don't know. So that, that's probably where, where I land with that. But yeah, I think 25 stood out to me and it always had. And so it's funny that that is the same age that stood out for you as well. Yeah, and I think 25 for me, I was thinking along the terms, I remember having this conversation with my dad on my 25th birthday when you know he called to wish me happy birthday. And I was like, dad, if I live 100 years, like a quarter of my life is already done. It's yeah. gone. And then it was like yeah. pressure on like, what am I gonna do with the rest of it? You know, and, and yeah. I- I think that that's really what it was, was just that realization of like a quarter of it is gone. There's three fourths left. And that's, you know, assuming Mm. I would live to be a hundred. A hundred, right. And so it's like, oh, the pressure of like, how do I make the rest of this count? And and it's interesting, like you mentioned the thought work and that you've done and just how, you know, we've matured and grown as people and just in a different stage of life too, that turning 40, I don't know, like you would think it'd be like, oh my gosh, I'm almost halfway done. But like that thought isn't even in isn't even there. It's like a whole different place to be living from. Yeah. I mean, maybe we'll feel that at 50. Maybe. I don't don't know. know. I I don't don't know. know. (laughs) 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 Oh my goodness. So were there any other milestones for you that you felt like it was a big adjustment? Now I know 40 was not that long ago for you. Do you think 40 was an adjustment for you or no? Yeah. I think 39 is a little bit challenging. I'm a forward thinker. So I think knowing I was going into 40 kind of was stressing me out. Um, I think almost when you're, once you're 40, you're kind of like, okay, I'm 40. But I do think there could be times when, you know, once you get 41 and then you're 42 and then you're kind of like, oh, I'm in my 40s now. So that feels different. You're like, oh, here we are. And then, you know, I think about like, oh, once you're past 45, now you're in your late 40s. So now you're getting closer to 50. So that's how my brain works. It's like, oh, so I'm sure people don't always think that way who don't think ahead, but I always think ahead. So yeah, so I think that's part of it. So either the 39 or the 49 or whatever nine you're at, I think that for me was always kind of, am I gonna be where I wanted to be at that big milestone? And then I think that's what stressed me out. And for me, I wasn't at 39 I wanted to do so many things that I was like, oh man, I didn't even hit this at 40. It was so frustrating. And I was like, man. And so, but I ended up hitting it after, which is funny. I'm like, so my advice is don't get hung up on that number, any main number, you know, big number or not, because I don't know, I feel like it can just stress you out and you just don't know, like the thing that you're working on could come right behind it. So it really doesn't matter. Yeah, yeah, that's true. And you know, it's interesting that you said that because I remember when I turned 36, I was like, oh, I'm in my late 30s now. Right, right. Yeah, that's <laughs> and what was, I mean. Yeah. Yeah. But like 39, like it was not a, like it wasn't like, oh my gosh, this is before I turned 40. Like I still yeah. feel like I'm holding on to like, I'm still in my 30s. Yeah, three. 
Yeah. 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 Of your number. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But then as soon as I turn 40, now that I feel like it's been, I would say like maybe the last month or so, mm-hmm. I've been kind of thinking like, is that appropriate for a 40 year old or as a 40 yes. year old, should I be doing that? Should I not be doing that? And I've always been a proponent of not shooting, like <laughs> comparing to, you know what I mean? Right. Like, like having that comparison of what is right and what is not right. Cause I truly feel like what if, whatever is right for you is right for you. But, you know, it does kind of get me thinking a little bit about like social normals and just who do I want to be as a 40 year old? And am I truly living into that? Yeah. I just kept thinking about our discussion on overalls. <laughs> so let's talk about that a little bit. So I, Amber is my go-to person that I send her pictures when I'm shopping or when I'm getting dressed and being like, does this look okay? Or what kind of shoes? Because I don't, I've missed that whole, when I was younger, I used to say I, I've missed the girly girl gene. Yeah. Um, but I, I, I'm just never someone who's like, Oh, how should I do my makeup? Or like, I just don't know. I need other, other people to tell me. And so Amber's always been my fashion person that I send pictures to. And she sends me pictures when she's shopping, like, Hey, I think this would be look good on you. Or I think you should look at something more like this. And I told her, I saw a woman that looked like she was about my age the other day and she had overalls on. And I remember loving overalls when I was in high school. And so I asked Amber, can I pull off overalls? And you said, (laughs) I said, I don't really see people wearing overalls (laughs) over 40. Like, I just don't, I, I, I really haven't seen, I think they would stand out to me. I would probably be like, Hmm, I told Jenny that I think a safe that that is, I think, equally as cute and could be more age appropriate is a cute romper. And it, there's really soft denim ones that I've seen that are super, super cute. And to me, it doesn't seem like you're trying to look like super young. That's what comes across. Now, I'm not going to say that like, I'm sure a model like who's five nine and one hundred and ten pounds, she could probably pull it off. Like I mean, you know, and 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 it looked amazing, right? But like those models, most people don't have those body types. So a lot of clothes that they wear, even if it's not like super in style or whatever, they can pull off things that you know an average woman just cannot, you know. And so, so I feel like sometimes we might see things on people and be like, yeah, that looks really amazing. I mean, I could see Kim Kardashian in a two-piece bathing suit and be like, yeah, she's almost 40. Cool. I'm going to go put that same bathing suit on. No, no, I'm not. (laughs) So true. It's so true. And it's interesting because being someone who's 4'11", five foot on a good day, whether it's in style or out of style, I see tall people wear stuff all the time that I'm like, that looks amazing. And then I put it on me and I just feel frumpy and weird or just doesn't fit right at all. Right. Yeah. Right. There's just different things that we can't pull off being shorter and that taller people can do it. And it doesn't make them look so tiny. Like, you know, it doesn't make them look like they're four feet. (laughs) Right. Exactly. And if they were to be cut off, it would be fine because they're so long anyway. You know, it's not Mm -hmm. cutting them off and making them look heavier. Right. Right. So here's a question I have for you since we're talking about style and what to wear. Because one thing I've definitely noticed as I've been approaching my 40th birthday is that my desire for style has changed or the things that I, like if I'm shopping, the things that I would, I'm not naturally like gravitated towards has definitely changed. And the way that I want to be presenting myself, I think is changing a little bit too with I'm aging. But I, I was just kind of wondering, do you feel like that that kind of a change or a shift has more to do with an age milestone or a season of life? I definitely think a season of life has a big deal with it because here's the thing. 
you had your kids when you were young. So I had my kids when I was older. So I had my kids 33 and 36. So when you were 33 and 36, you weren't trying to wear a nursing bra or whatever kind of shirt to finagle like nursing and whatever, or having toddlers that like love to run and put their mouth right on your jeans. Like, I can't even tell you how many times I looked down on my jeans and I'm like, wait, why do I have like a, a mouse shaped peanut butter mark on my jeans? <laughs> this is Serena. And so I feel like based on your kids' ages, you know, you may be wearing different things. Also, if you're a stay-at-home mom, you're going to be wearing different clothes than if you work outside the home. And so I do feel like that is the biggest indicator of like what people are wearing. You know, if you saw somebody wearing leggings like Lululemon and a cute little sweatshirt and gym shoes, you saw them walking, you're not going to be like, oh yeah, they must be going to the office. You know what I mean? So it doesn't matter if they're 20 or if they're 40. So it's just kind of like, what is their lifestyle? What do they do for work? All that kind of stuff plays into that. So, and you know, I know that you like to wear comfortable clothes too, because you work from home at times. Obviously you can't wear certain clothes at your businesses, but like you're able to do that because you're not going into a corporate job where you can't get away with like wearing more casual stuff. So it doesn't matter in that sense, if you're 40 or if you're 30, but I do think it starts to change when you really start following trends. I think certain trends, for example, really short tops, like halt, not halter tops, but like um, like cutoff tops with and tie dye tops. Like the tie dye is okay, but like really short where that you can see like your midriff. I don't really feel like that's appropriate for a mom to be wearing. I mean, I don't. I would probably be on my teenage daughter too for that because I have two girls. Um, so I, I don't know how excited I would be about that either, but they could pull it off more than I think. I shouldn't say that they can pull it off. Like an, an older woman could pull it off, especially if they have a really good body. But I just don't know if that's the look that someone wants to go with. I think you can still be trendy and stylish, um, but not following all the exact trends that are going on. It's interesting as you're talking about that because it's kind of getting me thinking like there's the milestone ages or kind of the way that we perceive ourselves and our age. But then there's also the lifestyle component, but then there's also just a matter of, I don't want to call it morals, but kind of like our personal standards, you know, like we'll be modest a little bit. Yeah. Well, yeah. Yeah. And I think Mm -hmm. it's a little bit different for everybody. I mean, for example, I feel uncomfortable going out in public in yoga pants. And I know for a lot of people, like that's not an issue at all. And it's not that, you know, one is better than the other, but we all have to kind of know like, what is our own comfort level with our own modesty? Because I, although I won't wear yoga pants, I do wear skinny jeans, which are equally as tight (laughs) as yoga pants. But for some reason in my head, it's a little bit different. But the other thing that was kind of an aha moment as you were talking about that is I remember when I was working in a corporate office, either every single day or I was traveling and, and meeting with clients. And, you know, I loved wearing blazers and high heels. And like, I was all about the blazers, right. the high heels, you know, yep. and pairing them with jeans. Cause I've always liked being a little bit more casual. Um, but I really loved that look. And then I feel like when that transitioned and I started working more from home, I was like rebelling against all of that and went ultra comfort. And now that that period of time is like been substantial, I'm kind of more moving back towards my roots of wanting to look a little bit more put together and polished. And so I feel like some of that is just a little bit of a, 
I don't know how to describe it, but it is a little bit more of like a season of life. Like I've, once you've done something for a little bit of time, you know, you can do it because it's like, oh, I can finally do that. It's kind of like when I got pregnant and I remember my doctor telling me, you can't diet, (laughs) you can't (laughs) diet when you're pregnant. And I was like, oh, in my head, I heard eat chocolate cake because (laughs) (laughs) I said, don't diet. So I was like, oh, eat chocolate cake. And I gained 85 pounds in my first pregnancy. So it was kind of like, oh, I don't have to wear high heels anymore. So therefore I'm going to live in sweats. But now I'm like, yeah, okay. the pendulum really swung. I'm done living in sweats <laughs> and I'm ready to kind of like, yeah, you know. Right. Yeah. And I think that isn't even based on age. I think it's that you kind of just get tired of wearing that. Like, I think some people may get tired of just always being in loungewear. You know, they <laughs> want to dress up. So kind of going along with it, it doesn't matter in that regard. I do think where age comes into play is that, you know, I think that there's just certain looks that look best on certain, I don't know, age groups. You know what I mean? Like, And that's not to say that you can't wear them. I guess it all just depends on what style you're looking for. I mean, anybody can wear anything, but it may just not look as flattering and as appealing, I guess I should say, you know, so everyone can do whatever they want, clearly. And and if they love wearing certain things, it may not make them look thinner or maybe they don't care about that. It may look like they're they're adding 10 pounds on. Again, they may not care. So I think it, it all depends on what, what look you're trying to go for and how you're trying to feel in that outfit. Okay. So Amber, we've been talking a lot about style um, and what we're wearing as far as clothes and what's age appropriate versus what we feel comfortable in and all of that. But there's so much more that goes into that. I've noticed for myself as I've gotten older, even just like my health goals, the things that I'm gravitated towards for like beauty products or makeup or skincare, like I'm, it's a little bit different. Whereas before it was all about what looked good. And now I find that I'm a little bit more concerned with like the ingredients that are in my makeup and how, you know, the toxicity of things around me. Do you feel like that that comes with age or do you feel like that is just society as a whole? I think with what's in the product, I think that is something that as a society, we are just becoming more aware of. So I think if you're 20 or if you're 40, that we are all kind of experiencing that. It's kind of like organic food. It's like, why is all of a sudden our food so toxic? It doesn't even make sense. Like I think when our grandparents were eating, I don't think they were they had as much stuff in them. Um, so now we're having to really figure out what's in the food when I don't even think this was a problem back in the day. So same with makeup and skincare and all that kind of stuff. We're like, well, what are they actually putting in it? And it's because, you know, we're buying stuff from China or and we're trying to keep costs down. And so therefore you put cheaper ingredients in because people want to pay less, of course. But then if you're really paying attention to what you're putting in your body, on your skin, you're probably going to have to pay more money to have more quality ingredients. So I think that's a big component is just because we're becoming more aware. Now, I will say if you're 20 and you're 40 you ha- and you have two different incomes, you may not be able to afford that. You may be aware of it, but you're, you're like, yeah, I would love to do it. But like wet and wild costs $2 to buy like an eyeliner versus like a cleaner product might be $20. That's a big difference when you are very limited on your budget. So I do think that's where that plays into um, you know the age difference. Yeah, that's a good point. That's a really good point. Because I do remember when I was younger, going into like, you know, any drugstore and just loving, like looking up and down the aisles and stuff. And now, you know, there's only certain companies that I will buy from and and it is a little bit more costly. But again, I'm more concerned about the ingredients versus just, oh, I really like that color of lipstick or whatever, you know? Yeah. 
I know. I wish everybody would just start getting on the same page because then hopefully the cost would actually come down and then we have more options to pick from, right? Instead of just always having to buy from certain brands because that's the only one that has the best ingredients in them. You may see something, you're like, oh, I really love that color. And you're like, oh, do I really want to? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Or like a skincare, like it will tout that it does something, but I'm like, well, but what are the ingredients? I don't know. Yeah, right. Um, do you find that as you are getting older, or have you noticed from other friends as they're getting older that they have a hard time letting go of something, whether it's a beauty product or a style item that they had when they were younger, like you makeup mean? or mm. um, like I know for me when I was younger, like I, there were certain looks that I liked, but oh, now I'm mm-hmm. like, I, I, maybe it's just, again, we live in a different world, but I keep seeing yeah. like YouTube videos that are oh. like, uh, if you're over 40, this is how you should do your makeup instead of this oh, way. Mm-hmm. Or, but then I watch some of those and I'm like, but I don't want to do my makeup that way. Yeah. I feel like, you know, as you get older, I do think a little bit um, less is better because I think a lot of times the makeup can sit in your lines of your face and all that kind of stuff, right? So I feel like people kind of go with more of a fresh look the older they get. Because sometimes I think wearing a lot of makeup can actually make you look older. And also it can just clog up your pores and your skin. And so then you're kind of like, you're already up against the clock in regards to aging, in regards to your skin. So then adding all this makeup and whatnot and wearing it for many, many, many hours every single day, I feel like it's working against you. So I feel like a lot of people are kind of trying to do minimal, you know, and then I feel like you also add on people doing lash extensions. So then they're not even doing makeup, right? So they can go makeup free, but still look amazing. And then people have um, extensions in their hair. And so, so it's challenging because I actually saw someone that I knew recently and we were, and there was, we're at a pool and I would have had no idea that she had extensions because her hair was wet. I could see all the places where the extensions were and her hair didn't even seem crazy. Like it wasn't like, whoa, you can totally tell she has extensions. It's not like her hair was like Rapunzel and it's just like amazing. It's like her hair would just seemed normal. So then I was thinking, well, what does her hair look like without the extensions? So what I'm trying to say too is we're not even comparing apples to apples. So it's kind of like, you don't know what people are doing. So like people could kind of be like, oh yeah, I'm really maintenance, low maintenance. But then you find out they have extensions, eyelash extensions, right? And then they kind of just look amazing. Well, yeah, if you have like fake lashes in your eyes, yeah, you don't really need the mascara and stuff like that. So I say that because it's really hard, I feel like to be like, oh, okay, so she's doing this. But you're like, but do you know everything she's doing? And we've talked about this before too, even with like injectables, like fillers and all that kind of stuff. Like someone could just look like, oh man, they're like cheeks look so amazing and their lips look so good. And then you find out, okay, they're having that. So I feel like people can get away with less stuff when the more of that they're doing, unless they're just like a natural model. Okay. And that just have those genetics that look amazing and all that. But you know, our eyelashes and, and our hair all thin as we get older. So it's like, we have to actually work harder to even just get to where we were. So I look at my girls, they have amazing eyelashes. They got that from their dad, not me. And I'm like, they're like eyelash extensions. I'm like, this is so crazy. <laughs> I'm like, I just want to curl them and be like, what do they look like? And so, um, <laughs> and, but I'm like, what will their eyelashes though look like when they're 40 and 50, you know, after menopause and all that stuff, like, they won't be as beautiful as they are today, you know? And so that's also the sad part. So that's where I think like aging kicks in. It's like, 
just to get back to where you were naturally, you have to work harder. Okay, I know I'm interrupting myself, but I did want to say, because it's my birthday week, there is one small ask that I have for you. And if you could go over to YouTube and just subscribe to our YouTube channel, it would mean the world to me. It would be the best birthday gift ever, and it is totally free. Now, the reason I want you to go over there and hit subscribe, because we have a ton of content. Not only can you find all of our past episodes of the podcast broken out in the playlist of Area of Life, that means that you can binge listen to all of our past podcast episodes about your career or your faith or parenting, marriage, home, finances, any of the eight areas of life, we have you set there. And we have a new playlist called Weekly Success Planning. So you can get more tips and inspiration to help you uplevel your Sunday prep, your weekend prep right there. Plus, I have a goal of reaching more working Christian moms before the end of the year. And by hitting subscribe, it tells YouTube that people want to learn about the tips and inspiration and that working moms need this information. So go ahead and share it out. We also have videos that go live every single Thursday. So not only can you find the podcast on Tuesday, but an extra bonus material on Thursday to help you excel in everything God has called you to. Really simply, you can go to yourliferocks.com forward slash YouTube. That's yourliferocks.com forward slash YouTube. Or you can click the link in the description for the podcast that you're listening to right now. All right, let's get back to my conversation with my friend, Amber. Yeah, and I feel like that's, that is, I think, right there, nail on the head. Like the hardest part about aging is that I want to age gracefully and I want to look the best that I can where I am at now. I mean, I can't go back and be 25 again in the way that I look. I'm right. going to look 40 or, you know, at least I am yeah. going to be 40. So I, I think that it is hard because you are kind of like trying to balance between embracing where you are and the things that God has done in your life and just the wisdom that you have and who you are as a person. But still, it's hard to kind of quiet that voice in your head that's like, yeah, but your hair is thinning or it's turning gray or, you know, mm -hmm. when you're you're looking in the mirror and doing makeup and you're like, oh, those creases and now the makeup's settling in the creases and <laughs> right, yeah. I want to wear overalls. But, you know, and it's just like you, you kind of have like this argument within yourself or this conflict within yourself of of what is the right way to age gracefully. Well, you know, it's it's interesting because a lot of people like have lines on their foreheads or they have those, the the um the lines that look like, they, they call them something, it's between your eyebrows. It's like deep lines, like, mm -hmm. um, okay, so I don't have those. My husband does. And so I think it's genetic. And then also how you probably hold your face, like if you're concentrating and stuff like that. But for me, it's more that I have lines by my eyes. And I was telling my dermatologist, she was doing a yearly scan on me. And I was like... So what? Was I just not supposed to smile my whole life? Because <laughs> <laughs> she was saying, I was like, I don't like, I, I, I'll look at other people and I'm like, how do they not have as many like smile lines? And she's like, well, maybe they just weren't smiling. I'm like, well, I guess I, you know, they always say that resting, you know, face. And so mm -hmm. I don't know if people know what I'm saying. Uh, let's just call it a resting mean face. Yes. And so I'm like, I guess I could just have a resting mean face and to keep my, my whole face from not making expressions. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. So I don't know. It's like so challenging because I'm like, my eyes like show that I have probably smiled and I have smiled like a lot throughout my life. Like, you know, I, I generally do smile and, and I'm like, yeah, now I'm paying the price for that. Mm -hmm. Great. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, you know, something nice is like now showing up as a negative, which sucks. So, 
Yeah. And that, and I think that's the thing with aging, you know, speaking of that, I was like looking at my leg one day and like the back of my thigh, which I'm not looking at often. And I was like, Oh, there's like a, a, like a blue spider vein there. Like I have them like throughout my legs. I mean, they're not awful by no means, but I didn't realize I had one there. And I was like, seriously, I'm like, come on. And I think they're just going to keep popping up more and more as I just get older. And, you know, I think the I think being pregnant and having kids kind of push that. So now when I look at someone's legs, I'm like, they look so amazing, their legs. I'm like, I don't even see a vein on it. But I was telling my dermatologist and she's like, you know, well, you can get that fixed. And so this is what I'm saying. You have no idea what people are doing. So they could have really great genetics. They could have great genetics and they're doing something or they may not have great genetics and they're just doing stuff like to kind of like make themselves look really good. You have no idea. And I think that's really the challenging part. And then, and then you also with the social media, especially with Instagram, you have so many filters. Oh yeah. So I've seen it that people have left the filter on, on accident and say maybe posting of their child. And then it's like, Oh wait, wait, that doesn't look like, and they forgot to take the filter off. Oh my So what does that tell you? You know what I mean? So I'm just saying that it's like, they may not even look like that, like, because they're putting a filter on. So I say all of this, that it just, I say, if you were sitting in front of me, I would be like, you know what? Just do, do what makes you feel really good. You know what I mean? Like, I mean, whatever that is. I mean, no one can really say what's good or not. I mean, some people may be like, oh, I'm letting my hair go gray. I'm not going to color it. You know what I mean? It's like, where do you draw the line of what do you change versus like, oh, we should really love ourselves the way we are. And so if you gray prematurely, then you should just love yourself because that's how God made you. I mean, this is where I think it's challenging. I have friends that have grayed in their 20s. So should they have just let their hair grow gray? I don't know. But my point is, I feel like you should just do, you know, whatever makes you feel good. And I feel like only you can know that really. You know what I'm saying? So I don't know. I think, I mean, obviously we've seen people who go too crazy and then we're like, whoa, but I don't think most people are like that. I do think you have a valid point though. And I feel like that's a beautiful thing about the generation that we're in right now is that I feel like there is a lot more grace versus maybe my mom's generation, or maybe it was just, you know, the way that my mom took care of herself versus the way that I take care of myself. But I do see that there is a lot more grace. For example, there is a huge trend of people who are letting their hair go gray and not dyeing it and, and just letting it be. Most of the people who I see who are doing that, they have like one little spot on like the front of their face or something where it's going gray. So it looks cute that it's gray where mine is kind of spotted all over the place. And I'm not, I'm not sure I'm quite ready to do that yet, but you know, there's, I do feel like that there's more grace in our generation. And and this is something that hit me really hard the other day as I was realizing that my mom was my age when I got married and just that perspective of seeing her, like my perspective of watching her as I was growing up and the way that she took care of herself and the way that she dressed and presented herself just as she was aging, you know, from being a younger mom and then growing up, but then having that perspective of like, oh my gosh, how I remember where she was when I got married and who she was like, that's the same age I am now. One, it blows me away that my kids, like, there's no way they're getting married anymore. Soon, because they're still, you know, young, young yeah. and in school. So there's right. that difference, but then there's also just that difference of again the way that she presented herself to the world and the way that she was aging at 40, and the way that I see myself aging at 40. I don't know. It's just a very interesting perspective, I think. So when you say that, do you feel like she seems younger or older than you are right now? I feel like older. Hmm. 
And maybe that's just the perspective of a child versus a parent, yeah. you know, yeah. to a parent. But I, think I so. mm-hmm. but I also think about just, you know, the the surgeries and the that the way that she took care of aging, you know, mm-hmm. I'm using air quotes as I say that. Yeah. You know, because like you said, you can get a ton of stuff done. There's a lot of things I probably need to get done, but I'm not wanting to necessarily go that route where she kind of took every opportunity to help herself be younger. And even, you know, like my stepmom, she, I joked with her, I told her, you know, gosh, can you believe I'm turning 40? And she goes, I can't. Cause I mean, I'm 39. So how is that even possible? <laughs> like she's, you know, she's like, she that, won't, she, she's one of those that will not like yeah. really own her age. Yeah. She yeah, was 29 yeah. forever. And then all of a sudden she decided like it was inappropriate to have, you know, <laughs> kids that were in their thirties. So she's now 39, but, but it's just a whole different perspective, I think on aging. And you know what? And nothing against your stepmom. It's just that to me, though, that's also kind of sad. Like, I'm not saying she's sad, but it's sad that like to not embrace where you are, that you're you're trying to like, you know, keep you being at 39. And now you have children coming up that are going to be the same age, which obviously is ridiculous. You can't be the same age. And I would like to think that I want to be a certain way that when you see me at a certain age, you know, that you're like, wow, like, you're that age and you're this fit and you take care of yourself and like, wow, like that's really awesome, you know? And so, and really owning it, you know, and and being like, hey, this is, I've lived this much life, you know what I mean? And so I'm proud of it and here we are, you know? So I don't know, it's, it is, it is hard. And I think, especially for women to kind of talk about that, but yeah, I mean, I I think for everyone, you just kind of want to, I don't know, with my girls anyways, I really just want them to always embrace like where they are. And, um, you know, they'll, they'll jump on the scale, which I really have to be like, make it so not even a big deal. Like they'll be like, oh, I miss. And then maybe they are like less weight or something than maybe the last time. And I'm like, oh, you probably were moving a lot more or something like that, you know, and just kind of like, yeah, that's a perfect weight. You know what I mean? Like for how old you are and everything like that, that's great. You know, it's it, it just trying to make it so neutral. And why I'm saying that is kind of like, if we can make that about age too, right? It's just, it's really a number. You know, are you taking care of yourself? Are you doing the best that you can? Are you always, you know, looking to improve? And I don't know, just living your best life. And I don't know, you could be, because you could really be younger and, and having a really sucky life. You know what I'm saying? Totally and, true. Yeah. And I do think that there's something to be said for really embracing the season that you're in, knowing that, that God has good things for you in that particular season. And I, and kind of going back to, you know, being 39 forever, I think too, a big part of that is there is a cultural shift of just embracing where you are. Because I remember growing up, you would see that kind of stuff all the time. 29 again, 29, you know, 39 again, like you see on balloons and cards and like everywhere. And you don't see that so much anymore. So I do think it's a blessing of our generation that in the culture that we are aging in, that it is a little bit more embraced, but there is a little bit of that mental, psychological piece of it, of letting go and embracing truly where you're in. Now, I know that this is, um, I didn't prepare you for this next question. So, um, <laughs> okay. <laughs> um, but I'm going to throw it at you because I think that you're going to have some really good answers. So if you were coaching someone, AKA me, mm-hmm. um, who's kind of going through this process of, I want to age gracefully. I want to embrace my forties and make it the best that I can make it and really feel good about where I am in my life, what would be, you know, maybe like three points that you would just like really hammer home or or questions you would ask me to really think about 
so that I can really live in my 40s the way that I want to. So I would really think about like your future self, like who is future Jenny? And so like, let's just say, who do you want? We'll use 10 years out, but you could even do who, who is Jenny in a year, but let's just do when she's 50. Like when you see yourself at 50 and then you think about your kids' ages in 10 years. Okay. So, so they'd be 25 and 23. Is that right? Are they 13, 15? Uh, what are they? No, no, 15, no. 15 and 11. So they'll be 25 and 21. Oh my God. Okay. Okay. So, so let's picture Jenny 10 years from now. So future Jenny, she now has a 21 year old and a 25 year old. Think about like, what kind of mom do you want to be to now kind of grown sons, right? And then this time frame that you have while they're still in your house. So, you know, let's just use this as an example. You want to go hiking and you want to go camping and you want to be like a really active mom. So you have to think about what are the things because you may not be in that position right now. So I'm talking to people, if you feel like you need to lose a lot of weight or you feel like you right now are not physically able to kind of do the things you want to do. But let's think about this. Let's think 10 years out and work backwards how can you get there? Like, how can you get to that? What do you need to do today to get to that point? So if it starts, you know, if you're just taking a walk, like even if it's just two minutes down your driveway to the mailbox, I don't know, every single day, make it so easy. Do something that you feel like, man, future Jenny is going to really thank me that I am starting this today. The other thing that I would say too is, what are you going to look back on and wish you started to do like 10 years ago? And so is that taking better care of your skin? Is that the way you're eating? Are you nourishing yourself? Are you really taking good care of yourself and doing what you wish you would have done when you turned 40? So that's another thing. And then the other, the the last thing that I would highly recommend is, you know, just kind of really journaling about what's going on with you. Because I have found, you know, I can't remember if we talked about this on your podcast or not, but last year in 2019, I lost 50 pounds and and this year with COVID, I gained back like eight pounds. And so that was really frustrating to me. But what I'll tell you, what I learned is I learned that I didn't do enough mental work to get me through this year to maintain and I still wanted to lose. So I'm realizing that I'm like, okay, I really need to like figure out like, okay, where do I need to like fix certain things? And, and I really think journaling and kind of writing things and doing thought work will really help you because if you can fix your thoughts, that will help you make different decisions. And so, and we could even use this as something simple as looking good in your clothes. Like, so if you're thinking a certain thought and you're like, okay, I want to, you know, I want to feel good about myself. I want to look like I'm put together. Well, that's a thought. That's where that's coming from, first of all. And then if you want to apply it to clothing and then you think about like, okay, what clothing what I want to buy that I would feel really great in and buy those key pieces, which I do like helping people with. And I, and I've, you know, have talked to you about that with your clothes, but I think those are kind of like the pillars. I know you like talking about pillars and stuff like that. So just really thinking about your future self, you know, and who she's going to be and what you need to do to get there. And that kind of was my second one too. It's like starting now on what you need to do to get to where that is. And then the, the thought work. So I love that. I think that that's very helpful because the thing is, I'm turning 40 this week. Other people are listening to this. They might be thinking, yeah, I kind of feel the same thing as I just turned 30 or maybe they're turning, you know, turning 36 this year. They just turned 36 or maybe their birthday's not even around. But I think this is something that we're all dealing with each and every single day, especially as we move into new seasons and moving into the fall and kind of breaking out different clothes and things like that. 
these are thoughts that come up. So I think that that is very, very helpful. Now, if people want to work with you more one-on-one or go a little bit deeper, I know that this is something I truly benefit from having you as my friend, but it's a great service that you offer other people too. So where can people learn more about you and connect? Yeah, right. So if you want to just get to know me and, and hear my personality a little bit more, you can always listen to the podcast um, at The Mom Inspired Show, you know, just to kind of get some feelers out for me. And if you want to work together, I would love to, you know, set up an appointment and we can kind of just see if we would be a good fit for one another. So you can email me at amber at mominspiredshow.com. So that's amber at mominspiredshow.com. And I would love to just kind of talk with you and see, you know, what might be a good fit. And I really, like I said before, I really love helping moms out and kind of just helping them figure out the best steps to lead, you know, the life that they're really wanting to lead. I love it. So make sure you guys check out Amber. We will link to everything in our show notes page. She's also in our Facebook community. So you can find her there as well. Amber, thank you so much for coming on the show. It's always amazing to have you on. It's always, honestly, it's a little bit weird having you on because I'm used to talking to you without an audience. Um, But I love being able to share you with my audience as well. Yeah, it is always so much fun. And I understand like we have to kind of catch ourselves to be like, we're not on the phone. So I totally feel that. And hopefully everybody gets to see or hear, I should say, you know, um, how close we are. And uh, but yeah, it's been such a pleasure. And I always have so much fun with you, Jenny. Hey, just because the episode's over doesn't mean we have to stop hanging out. Head on over to Instagram and follow me there. You can find me at your.life.rocks. Or if you're more of a Facebook kind of girl, join our community of working Christian moms just like you. You can search Your Life Rocks over on Facebook and connect with us there. And if you're ready to truly create lasting balance and get results in your life, maybe it's time for you to join Life Balance Membership. Download the Your Life Rocks app in iTunes or in Google Play. You can upgrade to the membership right inside the app. And if you're looking for more resources to help you create more balance, head on over to yourliferocks.com.